Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Made it this. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 31, the Migraine Music Video. Make sure you've watched the video beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis. It's been a while since I got you guys to myself. (laughs) Um, I was actually thinking about it, and while it has been, like, a slower year so far with the pod, most of the podcasts have been with other people. I feel like I just stumbled over my words, because I'm just not used to talking about myself. Yeah, so... I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that Vessel would have the most collabs because it tends to be the fan favorite album. But anyway, I just wanted to give a quick background to the video before we jump in. I feel like this is very much like my bread and butter is this video because it's basically all metaphors and symbols. (laughs) Like, that's like the only way to to interpret the entire video. So I feel like I'm just writing like a literary analysis piece right now, except it's a visual analysis piece. So I hope you will enjoy because this is just exactly how my brain works is this type of music video. So the background for this, because I was a little confused when I first looked it up on YouTube because it's definitely through a fan. (laughs) It's not through their official YouTube or anything. So at first I was like, wait, is this an official video or is this just like something a fan like compiled together? It is the official video and if you are also confused or if you're just smarter and more in tune with the fandom than I am, the wiki fandom page said the music video for Migraine was released on Fueled by Ramen's YouTube channel on May 22nd, 2013. Due to Migraine's EP release being an UK exclusive, which I did mention last week. The video was also a UK exclusive. So, we just got the short end of the stick over here in the US, which I think is so interesting. Like, I think that's cool. I feel like not, there's like no American artists who do that. But also, like, I think in general, it's also rare for a video to never be released officially to everyone. I feel like that doesn't happen. So, I was really intrigued that this one apparently never was because all that's on YouTube is a pirated version. (laughs) The more you know. Without further ado, I mean, it's pretty straightforward today. Um, I'm going to jump into the analysis. So we start off with the intro with the robotic voice. Am I the only one I know? And Josh and Tyler are back to back. I feel like this emphasizes that not only can they not see each other, but they don't really know what each other is doing and they're in the dark, so to speak. Just emphasizing that they're really on their own. And when you're in such a mental space, you really feel that you're on your own. And even when people are around you, you don't really see reality and you don't really see that they're around you therefore you have company you just feel really isolated so you might as well be back to back with them and so i thought that was a very stark image to set the scene and then i thought it was interesting that they had these subtle movements to go with some of the lyrics before josh yeets out (laughs) so when it says am i the only one i know Josh 
like rubs his stomach and I'm sure I'm overanalyzing, but it's so fun. <laughs> Everything's a symbol, even if you don't want it to be. So I thought of how this represents hunger. Like, am I the only one I know? Just like that, such a strong craving. It's such a strong craving that you just want to know that you're not the only one. And you want to know the answer to those types of questions. When you are throwing them out into the ether for whoever is listening to your plea for your cry for your question for your song so i thought that was very appropriate even if it was not intentional and then when it says waging wars tyler rubs his nose he sniffs and then he rubs under his nose and i feel like it shows that he's quote leaking like his thoughts are so pungent that he literally can't keep them inside and they're like dripping out like a lovely stream of snot <laughs> like i know migraine is is not a cold but it's interesting to just think of those types of physical things where it's like it doesn't matter what you're doing or what you think or how you feel like you can't stop a nose that's runny and no matter what you do like you're sick and you can't not be sick and so i thought that was a really important physical emphasis of just the state of where your mind is in a place compared to a physical ailment where it doesn't matter if you try to escape it, avoid it, even rationalize out of it. Like when you're in such a, such an unstable mental place, there's really, for the time being anyway, nothing you can do to get out of that. It's like, okay, well, it's here. Just like a cold, we don't know how long it's going to be bad. We don't know how long it's going to loiter around unwanted. So we just got to kind of unfortunately accept that it's here and then learn how to live with it like you do with a cold for a couple weeks. And then, of course, at the end of this intro, Josh runs. And I'm blanking on what the last lyric is when he's running. Shadows will scream that I'm alone. And then he he appropriately disappears. So Tyler is alone and Josh is also alone in a different way. So then going into verse one, I thought the whole narrative of the video is interesting because you have Josh representing these running and racing thoughts when you're just spiraling and your thoughts won't stop. And I don't know if anyone else random, but if anyone else has read Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, he does a really good job at visually and literally showing this thought spiral where it's just, it's incessant. And yeah, I just think that perfectly explains anxiety, especially. But on the other hand, you have Tyler, who I would say in this video represents when you slow down and you wallow in a thought and you just stewing it and and let it overcome you in a negative way so both senses are negative but it's interesting how we can negatively process in opposite ways either we can be flooded in the overwhelm of a lot of negative thoughts or we can just feel hopeless drowning in a singular thought 
And I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in places where I've struggled in both ways and felt isolated from either just not being able to quiet my mind or to not be able to pull myself away from a singular lie that is just drowning me. So I think that the primary symbols throughout the majority of the video are Tyler's hand gestures. And I think that's so cool because I took a public presentations class as required for a communication major. And like one of the big things you learn is to effectively communicate. You have to use hand gestures and use hand gestures that complement what you're saying. And so I feel like it's it's a cool little element that was added as a compliment to the lyrics to say using this as a physical written letter similar to Paul to the listener. Now it's like you're receiving this letter in a different way from Tyler which is through visuals and through hand gestures and I just think that's I just think communication's so cool. That's why I studied it. Like, you can find out so much about someone from the way that they write, but you can also find out so much from someone about all of their nonverbal cues. And the way people use their hands is, like, so important. I feel like we all know people who we think are super friendly, and more oftentimes than not, it's because they use their hands a lot in conversation. I feel like there's definitely a correlation. People who never use their hands when they talk, it just seems like those types of people tend to be a little more, like, maybe less in tune with their emotions. I don't know. It's an interesting concept to consider. Because obviously we don't, no one uses hand motions all the time. But I just think there's so much to be said for using nonverbal cues, especially hand motions, when you're communicating to fully help the other person understand what you're saying. It's like it's like the visual version of punctuation, I would say. So anyway, <laughs> I just had to nerd out there. So he says migraine and he claps his hands together. And I feel like this is, I can just, as someone who suffers from migraines, I can feel that pounding in my head when he does that. And it's like, okay, we're just starting off. We're just starting off with our heads throbbing. Thank you. I could basically physically feel that. And then he says up, down, and sideways. And he moves his hands up and then down in a prayer position with his eyes closed. And I feel like it shows the helplessness of how the thoughts are just all over the place and it's unpredictable where they'll go next and so it's just requiring God's strength it's requiring God's sovereignty and giving up control because clearly we can't wrestle this thing that's just up down sideways all over the place and drowning us and then he goes into the lyric about how thank God it's Friday Friday's day better than Sundays. Sundays are suicide days. And he wipes his hands when he's talking about Sundays and then lets it go. Like, it's Sundays, even though he's struggling with Sundays, he's conveying that Sundays are when you wipe everything clean, ideally, and you let it go spiritually. And I feel like communion is a good example of that. I think we've talked about that before, but 
it really is because it's a reminder to to let go of what you can't control let go of the ways that you've been imperfect and realize that it's inevitable because of god because we need jesus because of why we're taking communion and that's always something that i need to be reminded of as a perfectionist and i know a lot of people i know personally are also perfectionists because if we could just be perfect then we wouldn't need god and so the goal is not to never sin but to prepare our hearts for when we are overcome by depressive thoughts when we are just wallowing on thoughts that we know we shouldn't we can just restructure and reframe and redirect to god and say hey i'm imperfect right now lord and i just need you to take this from me and create in me a clean heart even though that seems really impossible right now and even if it might not happen right away just being able to bring our entire selves and our authentic selves in any given moment to him and confess that we're weak in whatever we're currently struggling through and God honors that. I feel like there's so many times where my mind will just be in the wrong places, whether it's worry, whether it's intrusive thoughts and lies, whether it's lust, whether it's pride or comparison, judgment. There's a billion different ways that our minds can be negatively sitting <laughs> on thoughts and to just capture them in those moments and be humbled that we are weak and that we don't know how to be anything but weak is always a humbling reminder for me that my job was never to be perfect to begin with. And it's heartbreaking because I don't want to be that way. You know, I don't want to think of all of those different kinds of thoughts because I know they're not good for me and other people, but to also know that that's why I have Jesus, that's why I need him. I think I've been learning a lot more about having grace for myself and not just beating myself up because it's inevitable. It's inevitable that I'm going to struggle with all of those sins. And the reason we have the Bible is not so we can perfect ourselves, but it's so that we can better and better know God and how to draw near to him and what it means to draw near to him and what he says to us in the midst of the sin when we draw near to him. And I think that's always a good reminder and way that I've been redirected as well is once I pray about whatever I'm struggling with or feeling hopeless in or feeling overwhelmed in, anxious, depressed, whatever it might be, I literally forgot my train of thought. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, once I bring those things to him, being reminded through his word and through his truth and his promises what my identity actually is. And that in, what's the word? In labeling me, in my identity, he's not only saying these renewed identity markers, but also acknowledging that I, I need them because of weakness, so... I feel like that was maybe already a repetitive point, but there's just so many ways to think about it, and I just wanted to offer all those different but very similar frameworks of how to 
find ways to put less pressure on ourselves and to have more grace for ourselves. Yeah, that's something I've talked a lot with my pastor with because we're all, we tend to be so good at giving grace to other people and forgiving other people, but so terrible at doing the same for ourselves because we know other people do that to us. We know that God does that to us, so why don't we do that to ourselves? Thoughts to think. (laughs) So moving on, the next part that I noted was he talks about, I don't know why it always seems so dismal, and it shows the sun while he's saying it's dismal, and I just thought that was really ironic, but also very poignant of how similar to what me and Deb talked about, there's always a tension where it's you know something, in this case Sunday, is supposed to be a certain way, it's supposed to be relaxing, it's supposed to be rejuvenating, it's supposed to be a renewal of an identity in the church, but instead your reality is dismal. And I think all of us can probably say that there have been times where we're sitting at church or doing some sort of spiritual activity and we just see this, we see this disparity between people who are in that moment being filled with the Spirit or how the Spirit's working in the scripture that we're reading or how it's worked in our past if we're reflecting versus not feeling like it's present with you now or just feeling like failure because you're not grateful that day or you're not peaceful that day or you're not feeling the fruit of the spirit (laughs) for the day but at the same time like it's a good thing because I feel like a whole power in worshiping together as a congregation is knowing that you're singing with all these other people who are at different points in their life than you. And so when you're going through a really rough time, just being able to add your voice, knowing that you're not doing well, but then also knowing that the voices that you're hearing while you're singing are people who are literally bringing positivity into your mind in that moment by singing the words to you that you don't feel. Those people who are in better seasons of life are feeling those things and they are genuinely singing them and you just know that you're sitting in a room with with people who are genuinely feeling it even if you're not and it just gives you a perspective that your feelings are fleeting and it's just this freedom that yes I know I feel this way but I won't always feel this way and someday I will be in the opposite and just that opposite way of when you're doing well knowing that you're not just singing the praises that you're feeling in that moment to God through worship but that you're also singing authentic joy and singing authentic faith that is also being bounced off other people in that room who really need it because they're really not feeling it. I just love the ways that we literally build each other up by worshiping in the same room together and We build each other up by being in different seasons of life and not being in everyone in the low at the same time or vice versa. Or vice versas, as Switchfoot says. (laughs) Then when he says the lyric about death, he rubs his temple. Um, Sometimes death seems better than the migraine in my head. And 
at first he rubs it upwards so it almost looks like sometimes death seems better so it's like he's dying his his soul is like ascending out of his body because he's using that movement to go up upwards but then he brings it back down again so you're like no the reality right now is the migraine rather than death and he's instead of ascending he's actually massaging his temple because he's in a lot of pain and i just hate that i hate how it's like almost always in your temple and it's never in both of them it's always throbbing on one side of your head so you just feel like lopsided and in so much pain i really hope most of you have never experienced a migraine because it is miserable <laughs> sometimes i'm just like I've had it everywhere, like genuinely, he's correct when he says that, because sometimes it's like one of your temples, then it's the other one, then it's behind your nose and your eyes, like a sinus migraine, and then it's like the back of your head, and then it's the top of your head, but always at least one temple. I heard someone, so one of my, my favorite Instagram writer is named Shannon, and she has Crohn's, and so she like almost always has a migraine, and... I think she was saying it was like it's always in her one of her temples it's always in like her left temple or her right one i don't remember which one but she was like it's always the one but i don't know that i have like one like i think it i think my migraines alternate between temples i don't think there's one consistent temple i just thought that was interesting like is that common do most people only get headaches in one certain temple let me know <laughs> i'm super curious i just have the the privilege of getting it everywhere Okay, but the worst, well, these are very different kinds of pain. When you get congestion and it's like all in your cheeks, oh, that is the worst feeling. Your like entire face hurts. That is the worst. That happened to me for like a solid three or four days in summer 2018. Oh, that was miserable. Anyway, <laughs> point being, any sort of body pain is miserable and... It sucks. So that was a weird pain tangent, but I mean, we were talking about pain, so makes sense. And then his last hand motion for this verse is the depressing thoughts. And he does this thing with his hands where he like, he, I mean, if you've seen the video, you know, I don't really know how to explain it. It's like he moves them across the screen, like, a sandwich. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Um, like a sandwich that makes it made sense in my brain. But I feel like it obviously shows that it's it's like a hand motion that is like suspending because it's your two hands are not touching, so you're sus suspending something. You're literally suspending the thought in the air. But then also it's very continuous. It's one continuous motion that doesn't stop. But then it's also like. When you do anything with, like, two parallel lines, whether it's holding your fingers an inch apart or holding his hands a few inches apart like he was doing in the video, I feel like it, it's, like, my mind connected it with something narrow, and so I thought of having tunnel vision, which I kind of talked about before. And, I mean, ultimately, with all the mental illness references in a lot of these songs, it relates to tunnel vision because it is tunnel vision and so i thought that was a good interesting hand motion for tunnel vision that i hadn't thought of before just because it's like 
you're showcasing a narrow space in the air. But then the other thing that I'm sure is just something I made up is it looked like the way he like drew his hands across in like a sweeping motion, it reminded me of like a signature line. And so it's kind of like, yeah, ha, my depressing thoughts are my my signature, for lack of a better term. Like, this thing is, you know me? It's like the Paramore lyric on After Laughter, where she says, it's in hard times, but now I'm drawing a blank on the lyric. But if you've heard the song Hard Times, she talks about her and her rain clouds and someone trying to be super optimistic and actually i think it's actually the song rose colored boy the song is about someone who's very optimistic who's trying to help her be more optimistic but she's kind of just like no like these rain clouds are part of my personality stop and so it's kind of just like that pain of like yeah haha like this this mental illness is like it's just kind of part of me um and so i thought the signature line was kind of a little sad play on that of like yeah also this is just kind of like my thing like some people's thing is like doing something quirky mine's having depression you know like I feel like it's it's so common for um younger people especially to like make light of mental illness it's like very polar opposite to older generations who just like never talked about it now like my generation with gen z it's like We talk about it so much to the point where we're, like, laughing about the fact that we have trauma when other people are like, um, this is concerning. (laughs) Because it's, like, our our main coping mechanism is laughter. So when things are uncomfortable, we just laugh about it. Like, ha, yeah, anxiety. At least I know I do, so. (laughs) Then we move into the chorus where he, again, repeats, am I the only one I know in the beginning part of the song? And when he says, am I the only one I know, he stops and he looks around. Oh, Josh stops. (laughs) Not Tyler. Now we're back to Josh, who's been running this whole time. He stops for a moment and he looks around. And it's like, okay, we've been stewing, we've been wallowing, but let's stop and look around for a moment and get outside of our head and see if we can look beyond ourselves and find commonalities with other people and find positive things outside of ourselves um but then in contrast it goes back to tyler who's saying waging my wars and his eyes are closed as he's still very much entrenched (laughs) i love using that verb whenever i can but i literally never mean to anytime i use it it's just i feel like i think that's why i thought of this podcast title is because i use that word from time to time genuinely anyway (laughs) free free self-promo on the literal podcast. Wow, I got so excited about using that word that I forgot what I was saying. Woo! Okay, well, yeah, his eyes are closed because he's still very much trapped in these thoughts. And then he says, behind my face, and he rubs his chest, which obviously, when you put the lyrics together behind my face and above my throat, it's clearly just referring to the brain. But the fact that If you just take behind my face, it could mean like anywhere in your entire body that's behind your face. And because he rubbed his chest, I was like, it also means his heart. Like, am I the only one I know feeling these things as well as thinking these things as we already know? Because we've already established that the brain is the main focal point of this song. 
But I thought that was a, a nice little... Wait, and why didn't I think of that for when Josh initially did it? So he literally mirrored what Josh did earlier. So I... <laughs> I've used it as, like, a hungry thing before, but I think it, I think it meant heart. And then he's itching his neck when he talks about the neckline, um, which, though, shows and emphasizes that the thoughts are gnawing at him. But then he ends up centering back on the camera after he says all that, opens his eyes and centers back on the camera. And I feel like it's because he's saying, we've made it this far, kid, when he centers back in the camera. And it's like, okay, I'm reorienting and centering myself on the reason that I'm saying this, on the reason that I've written this song, on the reason that I've given this letter to you, who I'm looking at. And so I thought that was a cool visual to re-emphasize that this isn't just portraying his struggles, but it's also a letter to the listener. And then they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tyler kicks trash, (laughs) which I thought was funny. Uh, Not the dragon, no animal abuse, but he does kick a cup of trash. And Josh bangs on the drums, which is so cute because it's, again, emphasizes that it really is Josh's way of fighting is, is through the drums. So then we dig into verse two. Josh enters the building at this point that he was running for, and it's dark and there are a lot of flickering lights and he's in the basement. He had to go downwards first, so... Again, emphasizing, okay, we're going back into the trenches of these thoughts. But then as it goes on, he starts climbing up and out of this pit because I think he's like in the lowest part of the building and he starts getting closer to the light. So I thought that was a cool imagery and compliment to Tyler's half of the video where he's not doing any symbols, he's not singing the words, but he's just showing what it physically looks like to climb out of a pit. Tyler says difficult beast when he's talking about the door in his forehead, and he rubs his hands together to show that the the thoughts are starting to swirl faster, whereas he was just like wowing very slowly before. But then it's also like when you rub your hands together, I just think of like Disney villains or just like little cartoons and so it just kind of seems like a diabolical action as well which makes sense because he's explaining that there's this different difficult beast inside of him um that he's not as fine as he seems it shows the sinful evil half of himself that's coming out through a lot of these thoughts the tendencies and the leanings towards satan then he says freeze frame i'm trying to remember what happened here i wrote distracted focus turns oh yeah so he says freeze frame and he like does this thing where he like looks up and around and looks somewhere else and similar to when josh stopped at the intersection and looked around it's again like an emphasis of okay wait he's getting away from this difficult beast and he's refocusing himself somewhere different and then he starts talking about the forehead in more depth and draws the the door obviously because that's what he's literally singing and then when he says non-violent he shakes his head which we've seen him do before in live concerts in other music videos in a lot of settings and i don't i don't know exactly what it means for him but it 
it always just seems like he's getting close to the edge of something bad when he does that, but also that he's simultaneously trying to to shake this negative force off of him as well. Then he goes on to say, they're trying to eat me. Emphasis on trying because at this point, Josh makes it outside and out of the darkness and into the light. So he is safe. He did not let them eat them, eat him, even though they were trying. He then describes how he can either fight or he can let the lion win. And so he can either stop. He does this like hand motion where it looks like at first he's gonna stop his hand from moving the certain way, but then the hand up ends up moving the certain way anyway. So that physical hand motion of either fighting, trying to stop something, or allowing something to happen, allowing Satan to take hold of whatever he can use to his advantage. Sometimes to stay alive, you got to kill your mind. And through doing that, he describes that you need weapons, and I love how it goes into needing weapons and killing your mind. The, the symbol for weapons is music. He gets to the top. Oh, no. No, no, no. No. He does not get to the top. But he's singing more. And Josh is playing the drums. And Tyler is, like, pretending to bang something in the air. Holy I just saw a centipede on my wall and I need to kill it right now. (laughs) I am back from the centipede intermission. It is deceased. So the weapons are music as we can all agree and probably say for ourselves too. And when they say yeah this time, once again, Josh proves that the drums are his theme with which he fights. And Tyler's trying to shake it out with his head. Shake Satan out, shake the lies, and try to get out of the depressive funk that he's in. So then we go into the bridge, and at this point, Tyler's ascending an elevator, in an elevator, to get to the top of the building with Josh. When he says, let's take a moment and hold it, he closes his eyes. Which is interesting because at first he was closing his eyes because he was trapped in his negative thoughts, but then this is the opposite where he's closing his eyes to have a moment to remember goodness, to remember hope, and to remember that not all is lost. And it's kind of just a cool redemption of that prior action and that prior symbol, which is very telling of Christ. And then when they repeat the bridge, Tyler makes it outside And not only is he fully with the music at this point and performing the music, but he's completely made it outside of his head because he's literally outside. And he's also with Josh. He is now in community. He is now with someone else and can see them for who they are and is working with them in tandem with the music for who they are. And he knows that he's not alone anymore love that it's just I don't know I of course like valued the video when I first watched it but getting to go through and really analyze all these symbols and hand motions it made it so much more victorious when he finally got when Tyler finally got to the top and was outside it made their performance together a lot more victorious and just proof that 
he's really fighting and actively pushing away the lies now. He's found his confidence. He's found his confidence in his identity. He's found his confidence in his community. And he's also found his confidence in his beliefs. And is his demeanor is completely changed. And you can tell that he just has confidence that he did not have in the beginning of the video. And then with the very, very ending where he gets cut off on the lyric, he unplugs the mic. And whereas the lyrics in and of themselves were very bleak, I feel like it's still more so just a content finality when he unplugs the mic. It's more like, I said my spiel, I don't need to keep repeating this and playing into this circle of thoughts. And for now, I've said my piece and I'm unplugging. I don't need this weapon for right now anymore and I'm walking away. I think that's so important because I know Tyler, I forget which exact interview, but he's talked before about how his goal is to put as many roadblocks, I believe he calls them, in the way of whatever the negative thing is whether it's satan whether it's sin whether it's depression just finding all the tools he can to create roadblocks and so music is obviously one of those and i just think as a as a visual letter to the listener as a whole this video represents that you have your weapons you lean into your weapons you use those weapons to find the confidence and the truth that you need to overcome the intrusive thoughts and then you put the weapons away and you just bask in knowing that you're safe for now and obviously we know that doesn't mean forever as long as we are on this earth but the weapons have their place and then when you don't need them you can put them away in their sheath for the time being and i just love I love war imagery with Faith, and I feel like 21 Pilots does that a lot, and I really appreciate that. So I really liked the different play on the end of the lyrics with unplugging the mic. I thought that had a very different sort of connotation, and I love it. I love that this brings just new attitude <laughs> in a good way to the letter that he is presenting that is the song to the listener. Yeah, I think I have a lot of heebie-jeebies right now from the centipede. I'm like afraid another one's gonna pop out all of a sudden. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Cries. <laughs> yeah, overall, I would say the song, the lyrics in and of itself were much more negative. And there's still an obvious necessary struggle in the video too, but the video seemed a bit lighter than the lyrics so I always like how I feel like they're so good at creating videos and obviously it's the same general meaning because it's the same song but I always feel like they add so much to the song through the videos and they're so intentional with the way that they craft videos so it's not just spitting out the same exact thing as the song but it's actually adding a lot of depth that you couldn't have if you didn't have the music video. Tony on Pilots, man, they work so hard and do so many cool things for their fans. Like, all of their tour videos. Like, they're not just really good, but, like, what gets me every time is the way that they 
will use their songs in the background and strip it down in a way that isolates certain instruments or certain melodies in the song that you you don't necessarily hear as much when you're listening to the fully mixed song. Um, The fact that they just allow us to see new things with everything that they produce, whether it's a new little instrumental riff being emphasized in the back of one of their tour videos or a new interpretation of a lyric through a music video. Every single thing they do is geared toward giving us new content and they don't have to do that. It's just very kind. And I'm very grateful for all of the music videos that we have. Um, And even, I feel like the basis of this one was very simple. You know, they're just walking around a town and using a building and using the roof of a building. But yet it's the way that they're able to just chalk it full of meaning and symbols is insane. Only Tyler could pack that much meaning and give me a full episode of podcast content through hand motions. And that just shows that they live and breathe art and making sure that people are constantly thinking and not just passively intaking something. And I mean, I think that's why they're my favorite band because that's completely my attitude towards entertainment is you you never just passively absorb it. At least not the good kind and the kind that really grows you as a person and makes you more empathetic. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this analysis and thank you for being my companion when this centipede appeared. (laughs) That's the very, very downside of this apartment and I'm really scared for the summertime because they're gonna come out a lot more. And I'm, you know, I never thought this would be an issue, but you know, someday um, I'm not gonna be in this apartment anymore. I'm gonna be like, remember that time where I had to worry about centipedes all the time? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that never happens again in any other place I live. But overall, I mean, call me crazy, but I'm actually staying here another year because I really do like it overall. And I've actually, they still gross me out, but I've, you know, I've gotten a lot better at killing them and getting over my fear. It just, the thing that gets me is I have heebie-jeebies for like an hour after I see one. So that's the not fun part. The really not fun part, the worst part is that I have hardwood floors. So there's a lot of those little dark spots in the hardwood floors. And I, every time I'm like, is that? Nope. It's part of the hardwood floor. So that's probably the worst part. Because once I actually see them, I'm like, okay, well, I see it. I know where it is. I'm going to kill it. Yeah. I see phantom centipedes everywhere and that's probably a lot worse. But it was a lot scarier this time because I got a lot of them from like August to the end of September but then like the entire winter there were like four and then that one so like they're a lot scarier when I haven't seen them in very long but when I was seeing them a lot in August and September I was just like I'm over this I just need them all to die and they were so frequent that I wasn't scared of them anymore it's more scary when you haven't seen them in a long time the thing that gets me is they're so fast I don't like that. I don't like that in two seconds they could be on my face. You know, I don't like feeling that way. I want them to get out of my personal bubble and stay out of my personal bubble. Okay, well, thank you so much, friends. I do want to quickly... So, I don't have a new local dreamer story for today, but I did just want to add a little memory that Beth 
emailed me who I read her story a couple months ago. But yeah, I love when people send me their memories related to Tony and Pilots, so I wanted to share her memory that she sent. She says, the day Scaled and Icy dropped, I got my first COVID vaccine, so I'll always remember that date. After the vaccine, I went for a drive to another town listening to the album, and it was a lovely sunny afternoon, and that memory is such a happy one. But because the album's shorter, my drive was too long, and I had to pull over at this random cemetery on the side of the road to start it from the beginning again to last the rest of my drive home. And that was in response to me and Lexi talking about how we love our card rides and listening to Tony and Pilots. So thanks, Beth. I really appreciated that, and I love... I truly do love reading people's memories because we all have them. And I mean, how many other times do you get to recount your Tony and Pilots memories? So if you also who are listening have extra memories or memories, yeah, send me your memories. Send me anything related to Tony and Pilots. I've had people send me memes. I've had people send me their extended thoughts on songs of things that I didn't cover which I love those are like my favorite I love when I'm shown things that I didn't even think of prayer requests literally feel free to send me anything because I just love talking to you guys and it's always fun when it's like I'm I don't post every week so um just having those rare random in between times where someone emails me I'm like oh it's just a little slice of entrench that I don't currently have right now um, on a random Tuesday or whatever, you know, so I love it so much, um, and I check all the time because I love you guys. So with that being said, I want to hear from you. You can email entrench at gmail, nope. <laughs> See, I was trying to like say it off the top of my head because I was trying to pull up the spreadsheet and I said it wrong. <laughs> Didn't even say my email right. It's fine. I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band or additional ones if you've sent them before or prayer requests. Literally, feel free to send me anything under the sun that makes you think of Tyler or Josh or 21 Pilots or me or the Lord. Literally anything with any of those topics. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, music video, or album recap with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for House of Gold. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone.